You're listening to the Cool Collaborations Podcast, a podcast about success in collaboration, where we hear about collaboration successes from around the world, and we'll look into what made those collaborations work. I'm your host, Scott Miller. Here we are on episode 10 of the Cool Collaborations Podcast. For this conversation, I had the privilege of speaking with Lisa Helps, the mayor of the city of Victoria in British Columbia. As you can imagine, the mayor of a major city has a few things on the go, so our conversation today is quite short, but we cover a lot of ground. I ask Mayor Helps about how collaboration plays into her role as a politician, and then we explore how collaboration shows up between municipalities and the province, or between municipalities and Indigenous people. It was a fantastic discussion. Please enjoy it. Mayor Helps, it's so great to talk to you today. How are you today? I'm very well. The rain has stopped, the sun is out, and you know, it's it's the holiday season, a very odd holiday season this year for sure, but uh, yeah, I'm doing well. I was gonna ask you how it was in beautiful Victoria, British Columbia today, given I'm joining from, well, sunny but cold Alberta today. So it's if it's raining, it's way warmer than it is here, so. I wanted to just jump in right away and ask sort of how long you've been in municipal politics. How long have you been mayor and what kind of drew you into this line of work? I was elected as mayor in 2014. So I've been mayor since then. Previous to that, I was on city council for one term. I was elected in uh, 2011 uh, as a city councillor. And I was really drawn in particularly to the role as mayor because when I sat on council, I just thought, boy, you know, when people come to city hall, whether it's a business or a community member or somebody with an idea, the answer seemed to be uh, maybe or uh, no, rather than yes. And how can we make that happen? So I ran for mayor to kind of take up the spirit of yes. And how can we make that happen? Nice. So in my mind, when we start to talk about things like collaboration, collaboration is almost at odds it seems, on the surface at least, with politics or being a politician, because you're kind of judged on your merits per se. And I kind of wanted to get a sense of how you reconcile those two concepts, the the political, almost competition approach and the collaborative work together approach. That is a really interesting question. For me, the only way that I can deliver uh, anything to my residents and businesses or the residents and businesses uh, of Victoria is by working in collaboration. And I feel that if I don't have the ability to collaborate, and I'll give you a concrete example in, in just a moment, that I won't be able to succeed. So it's it's in some ways I'm supported by and held up by the community and my, uh, you know, quote unquote achievements really belong to everyone. And, you know, here's a good example. When I was first elected, I realized that, you know, I had a one-on-one meeting with the Chamber of Commerce and the Downtown Victoria Business Association and Tourism Victoria and the Greater Victoria Harbor Authority. And then I realized that all these folks were meeting one-on-one with each other. And I was like, wow, that is a lot of meetings. And so I said, hey, why don't you all stop meeting with each other and all stop meeting with me and let's have lunch together once a month. And it was profoundly transformational because you've got all the business leaders and the mayor at one table together. Everyone's hearing each other's concerns, ideas, and so on. And, you know, we achieved a lot uh, in the the first term, but then when, when COVID hit, we were ready. We, we had those relationships, we had that collaboration. And so we just transferred our meetings from lunch on to at first the phone and then Zoom. And, and we've been able to work really closely together to help and support the business community uh, through the pandemic. So again, if, if it wasn't for collaboration, none of that would have happened. And, you know, I wouldn't have been successful. How do you translate that back into your, the record you stand on during, say, an election or something like that? How does, how does that collaborative 
atmosphere or relationships sort of translate back into your your ability to sort of be successful as a politician? Yeah, when I ran in in 2014, which was the first time uh, I ran for mayor, I got 38% of the popular vote, and I only won the election by 89 votes. In 2018, when I ran for a second time, I received 43% of the popular vote, and I won by a 3,900 vote margin. And so I think in that instance, my my record speaks for itself uh, in terms of people can see not only what I was able to accomplish, and it's never just me, as I said, it's myself, my council, all the staff, but also the how, you know, the, the, when people, I think, talk about me, particularly during the last election, it was the spirit of working together, collaboration involving people that in a sense becomes my record as much as what it is that we've been able to achieve. So then the relationships that you're building not only to accomplish things, you know, throughout your term or also the relationships that help you in the next election or the next cycle. Is that sort of a fair way to access that? Absolutely. Without question. And you're, this is the first time this, these are really, this is a really good line of questioning. It's interesting to, to think about that, but yeah, for sure. So you talked about the, the work with the chamber and, and all of these partner groups. How is that, you know, I wouldn't say how is that particular piece, but how does it show up? as an ex, you know concrete example of success so meeting together as a group is is great for communication how does that translate or what have you seen translate into real success for you or for the city and another great question. Uh, the first success that the group had was the um, really strong advocacy during the uh, last provincial election uh, and that might not sound like like very much, but um, when you know we came together, we interviewed uh, or held, held a what we called it a listening session for all of the people who were running for provincial office. And I'm talking now back to 2015 or 2016, whenever the last provincial election was, not not the one that we just had here. So we held a listening section. We developed a brief briefing notes on all the key uh, topics and, and we asked all the candidates to come and listen to us and, and we each briefed them on a particular topic and that was before the platforms were developed and then we invited them back once the platforms were developed uh, to a second session where we could listen to them and they could show us you know how they'd taken up some of the key issues for us and, and uh, put them into their platforms and so that was really really successful because it was a coordinated effort and we were able to influence provincial election platforms and, and therefore provincial policy so that's just one concrete example. The, the second is the development of Victoria 3.0, which is the city's economic action plan uh, coming out of COVID and out to 2041. And again, those relationships meant that we had everyone we needed at the table to develop a plan, which is now being implemented really, really quickly. Have you seen anything that's been really creative, like sort of a, an idea that was just completely unexpected in your, uh, in your various collaborative efforts? Well, like many cities across the country and around the world, uh, one of the things that was you know very surprising is how quickly everyone responded this past summer to get every single space possible turned into a patio. We've been talking, for example, about closing uh, Government Street, which is a central uh, main street in the downtown, closing Government Street to cars and, and uh, opening it up to foot traffic only. And that re idea had been resisted for many years, uh, but then all of the restaurants needed more outdoor space, and so patios became a huge asset. And so what was really surprising is how quickly, not just on Government Street, but I think we had over 100 patios in the city this summer. And that was everyone acting together really quickly and saying, you know what, let's just do this. It was the city not having to send out a kind of 
here are the patio specs and this is what the dimension should be and the railings and this and that. Everyone just kind of went for it. And there were a lot of creative ideas that, that came out and that were implemented and that uh, helped the businesses over the summer. Well, that's fantastic to hear. And I, now I just wish I could have spent some time on any one of those patios this summer, but there'll be new, new summers coming up. I can give it a go then. How is working between cities or municipalities unique? Do you think it's a unique kind of working relationship that's required? You mean city to city relationships? City to city or even city within, you know, it's broader municipality, city, provincial. And, and I'm not sure if there's differences between sort of municipal level types of interactions and municipal provincial interactions. I'm just curious, have you seen things that make the kind of work you do in municipal politics unique? That's a difficult one to answer. Again, just just like the the question that you asked earlier about collaboration, um, without good relations with other municipalities in the region, other municipalities across the country, and also without good relations with the federal and provincial governments, it really is very difficult to get things done. So my approach is to look for areas of alignment, you know, with with other cities uh, and particularly with the provincial and federal governments. And, you know, we may not agree on on everything and uh, all of our policies may not line up, but where are those areas uh, of alignment and then really pushing into those. So, you know, one is obviously Victoria is a very expensive place to live. And so we went to the federal government through through the regional government and asked for funding uh, back in 2016 through the uh, CMHC, the Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation Innovation Fund. We asked for $30 million. We put up $30 million of our own dollars. We got 30 from the province. Uh, and we're leveraging that into 2,000 units of, of housing. And again, none of that would have been possible with the city just acting by itself. So those, those intergovernmental relationships are just as important as the relationships I described earlier on a local level. Are there kinds of working relationships, say, even between cities that don't equate back to sort of a direct benefit for your city? Yeah, it's a good question to, to, to balance my time between what's going to directly benefit Victoria and what's going to benefit Victoria either by gaining new knowledge, by gaining new relationships, by gaining new access to funding. One example, uh, you know, something I've been participating in since the beginning of the pandemic is a, a working group called the National Right to Home Municipal Working Group. And it's cities from across the country uh, working on housing and homelessness, particularly as it's manifested during the pandemic. And it, the conversation is convened by the Canadian Urban Institute. And so, you know, I attend, I attend those phone calls or Zoom calls. They're usually once every five or six weeks. And is there a direct benefit to the city from my participation? Not necessarily in terms of showing up in the everyday lives of our residents, but there certainly have been opportunities to participate in, in larger fora. Um, in, in, you know, I think it, one of the reasons we were recognized as the, one of the major cities when the national um, or the rapid housing initiative rolled out, I think was in part my participation there. So there, I think there are indirect benefits of that kind of city to city relationship building, but it is a good point. You know, I have to kind of monitor how much of my time I spend on things that are of sometimes indirect, but definitely benefit to the city. Right. It's almost like you're paying into, into an account that you might be able to withdraw later, but you're never too quite sure when that's going to happen. Yeah. The thought that I had was around sort of the indigenous to municipal relations as well. It, there was just a, a thought crossed my mind that I wanted to ask about in that how does, how does the cultural, the cross-cultural element factor into some of the collaboration that you've been involved with? 
that is a really, really fascinating area to to explore and and to live in and and live through. Um, we were on the homelands here of the Lekwungen speaking people, the the Songhees and the Esquimalt nations, and two mayors ago, so not starting with the former mayor, but the mayor before that, uh, he reached out, I think near the end of his term, to, to develop a formal protocol relationship with the two nations. And then the past mayor furthered that. And then in this in this term, the last two terms, we've been working very closely to unpack what does it mean to have come in and, and quite literally built a city and never left in somebody else's living room. And we've been doing that through an Indigenous-led and an Indigenous-focused approach uh, which I, you know, I don't have too much time to get into. If if people are interested, if they can go to victoria.ca forward slash reconciliation, and it, and it lays it out quite a bit, uh, in quite a bit of detail. So we've hosted some reconciliation dialogues, you know, really just learning about each other's cultures, histories, oppressions. Uh, but, you know, the whole point of the reconciliation work we're doing is to make Lekwungen culture more felt and more visible in the everyday lives of Victorians. And that's kind of a, a key act of, of reconciliation from the nation's perspective. So it's very interesting because a lot of times in Indigenous ways of doing and, and knowing really bump up against you know, our council procedures bylaw or what it means to do business in a formal council meeting. So it's it's very, very challenging ground to navigate, but it's it's quite thrilling to be doing that work. Have you been able to navigate sort of, you know, new pathways between Western and Indigenous because of that, the work you're doing? I think the new pathways are coming. The group that's doing the work is called the City Family, and I wasn't going to, I'll try and explain it as quickly as possible. We went to the Indigenous, uh, the two nations back in 2017 and said, you know, we, we'd like to have a year of reconciliation and could we create a task force and would you, you know, send people to join a task force? And they very politely said to us, well, a task force is a Western way of decision making. We, in Lekwungen culture, our governance model is is the family. And they asked us if we could create a family to to do this work. And so we did. Uh, I am the head of the family. And then there are a couple of councillors and staff members, like city councillors and staff members who are part of the family. Uh, and then there are Indigenous members, both from the Songhees and Esquimalt nations, as well as urban Indigenous uh, people. And we, we gather as a family once a month, although it's been kind of touch and go with COVID because you can't really share a meal together and, and gather in those really uh, meaningful ways over Zoom. Or, or teams. It's brought some very, uh, I think, deep understanding. I mean, one of the first things, and you know, I don't know if you, if this resonated all the way out where you were, is the, the, the family member said, if you're serious about reconciliation uh, and you really want to build relationships, then please don't make us walk past that statue every time we come in for dinner. Uh, and so we removed the statue of Johnny McDonald, uh, which is, you know, I didn't even know that he was involved in the residential school system and I have a master's in Canadian history. So, you know, there's, there are ways in which ways of knowing are challenging the way we do business. Um, but I think before this term is over, I would like to see the city family uh, present or share some kind of legacy leaving piece. It's all fine and good to just do the work in the city family. But the, I think the larger question is, how are we and can we change our own governance practices to be more in line with Indigenous ways of, of knowing? And those are complicated questions. I will certainly be pointing people in the show notes to the the Victoria website so that they can dig into some of the information on their own for sure. I know we only just have a couple minutes left, so I wanted to jump right to sort of a what I normally would call a rapid fire kind of question, but it's it's actually a relatively easy one. Is there a book or a resource that you always give to people as a gift or that you're always referring people to? 
<laughs> okay, that's a hilarious question. I just bought 35 copies of one book that I'm going to give to everybody, uh, you know, some of our staff, some folks in the community uh, for Christmas uh, this year. Uh, and then it, it's a gift with strings attached. I'm going to give them the book and then invite them to a discussion in January, probably three discussions if we really want to have a robust talk with 35 people. But yes, uh, the book is called Urban Magnets, How Activity Subcultures Can Be a Catalyst for Rejuvenating Cities. Uh, and so Victoria, like other cities, has been hit by COVID. And this urban magnets concept uh, is very, very compelling in terms of uh, rebuilding and, uh, and recovery and really animating public space in, in a quite provocative way. So that's what I'd recommend at this point. Excellent. And then my last question, which is more of a sort of a self-reflection kind of thing, is what advice would you give to your younger self? And it can be collaboration focused or maybe just general, general kind of advice. Do you mean my younger self or my younger mayor self, like when I started the term? Or do you mean my, my younger self as, as in like when I was a teenager? Uh, let's go with the teenager. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess the advice I would give is, is advice that I, I wouldn't really want to hear, which is, <laughs> you know, s- slow down and, and don't be so ambitious. But I think only because it's exhausting. Yeah, I guess that, that, would, be, that would be it. Uh, s- slow down and, and don't be so ambitious take your time. There's the rest of your life to do everything that needs to get done. Well, thank you for that, that sort of insight into sort of your world. And, and I appreciate you taking the time for our conversation today. Yeah, thank you. It's been a pleasure and really good questions. I just want to say thanks to Mayor Helps for joining me today. I found it fascinating how so much of what defines success in politics can depend on being a good collaborator and fostering the relationships to carry you forward so that you can stand through the competitive parts of the political process. It was also really nice to hear about the work being done with Indigenous people in Victoria in ways that honour Indigenous customs and protocols, and the fact that that work is happening despite how they might rub up against the Western policies and procedures. There's a lot packed into our short conversation. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Cool Collaborations. Please make sure you visit collaboration-dynamics.com where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, in Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to sign up for our mailing list so interesting things like blog posts, upcoming training, or collaboration tips and tricks can come to your inbox. If you like what you heard, I'd be grateful for a rating in Apple Podcasts. Of course, if you'd like to just tell a friend about the show, that would be great too. Check out the show notes for links and contact information. Until the next episode, thanks and happy collaborating. Collaborating.